Hi guys, this is Cliff Knight from Equippers International. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We want to lift up Jesus and provide a place where you can be taught the truth and encouraged in your relationship with Him. If you find this podcast helpful, feel free to share it with others. We believe it will be a source of blessing and encouragement and that you'll be strengthened in your relationship with Jesus. Welcome back to the Equippers International Podcast. I'm Cliff Knipe, and I'm so glad you've joined to listen in. Uh, just to get you called up on a little bit of a personal, relational note, we like to keep it on that level. Um, it's been a while since we posted a podcast. As some of you know, some of you first-time listeners may not know, but my wife and I, Stephanie, have been in a pretty big life transition. We've recently relocated our permanent residency to Italy, where we're going to be living and uh, conducting our ministry outreach from Italy. And it's been a pretty big process. We arrived here in first part of December, and we're finally settling in. Uh, it's a wonderful place to be, but it's come with obviously its own challenges in the process of uh, transitioning on an international level. But uh, we're glad to be here and we believe God's led us to where we're supposed to be. And um, so we're going to pick back up with the teaching. Uh, if you followed along in the last several months, we've been trying to dig into the topic of identity. We've done some oh, three or four introductory sessions along those lines. Today, I want to continue along those lines. I think most of what I'll be doing in the next few episodes will tie into this idea of identity. It's a topic that's really close to my heart, and I hope it will be a blessing to you. Today, I'd like to take up the, the idea of purpose, talking about living by purpose, living in purpose, having purpose, and what that looks like as children of God, sons and daughters of God, as we've talked about uh, that being the foundation of our identity. So I'm going to start today with a very, very, very popular verse, probably one of the most commonly known verses in Christendom other than John 3.16. Uh, it's in Romans chapter 8, and it's kind of the benchmark uh, verse in regards to the idea of purpose. But I'm going to read this as an introduction, and then I'm going to dig around in some other verses, try to bring some of this to light today. If you've got time and space, it'd be great for you to sit down with your Bible and follow along if you're listening on the run then I'm sure it will be a blessing as well. But let's just start reading in Romans 8, uh, and there in verse 28, and I'll read through to verse 30. It says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to purpose. Some of your Bibles might say his purpose, but that his is not actually in the original text. So I like to stray pretty true to a literal translation of the scriptures. Um, I'm all for paraphrases and devotional versions of the Bible. That's not a problem. But as far as just getting to the meat and the content, I just like to stay with a literal translation. So it says there, for those who are called according to purpose, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son. Again, leaning a little bit more toward a literal translation, he says, literally Paul says, those who he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son. The point is that God has predetermined that there would be a conformity in the lives of those who are called according to purpose so that 
He, his son, would be the firstborn among many brothers. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. Now, there's so much here to unpack, but I'm going to just stay focused a little bit on this idea of purpose. There's a lot of, uh, well, since I've become a Christian uh, 35, 36 years ago, I've always heard sermons about purpose and about, you know, why are we here and what does God want for us and what does my life look like? And and it can become, uh, it is a very subjective thing for us to really come to peace and to terms with uh, why we're put here on the earth, if I can put it in that kind of uh, macro terminology, uh, you know, why do I exist? What is my purpose? And um, but I want to I, I want to focus on this and maybe uh, suggest and offer a little bit of shift in our perspective, a little bit of different way of seeing things, because I don't think those of us who know the Lord and have walked with him for any amount of time, we find out over and over and over again that his perspective is often or not often always different than ours. And so it takes us shifting our perspective into key areas of understanding if we're really going to experience a settling in our hearts. Because here's what I believe. I believe that if we live our lives in line with and according to purpose, living in in purpose and living out of purpose, then it it provides a, a very high level of peace because God wants us to live a life of peace. It doesn't mean that everything's going to be perfect. Peace does not come because we know that everything in our life is working out wonderfully. And that's not what this verse is all about. Peace comes in our hearts when we know that we're in the center of God's process in our lives. And the beauty of that is that the way I understand the scripture is that we can always let me reiterate that word. We can always be assured that we are living in a place that it is according to God's purpose because he has determined what that purpose is. And when God determines the purpose, it will be done. Now, let me go to a scripture in Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians chapter one is just a incredible chapter of scripture and maybe one day we'll spend time and just walk through it because it's just so beautiful but i want to pick up there it's really a challenging passage of scripture in that it's actually one humongous run-on sentence uh, grammatically so it's very difficult to know where to pick up in paul's line of thought because basically from verse 3 all the way down to verse 12, 13, 14, somewhere. It's just one huge sentence. But Paul says in verse 11, Ephesians 1, verse 11, that we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to his purpose. Now, in this passage, the his is part of the text. So it's exactly what Paul said in Romans 8. Uh, it's almost a verbatim similar uh, passage, uh, the words. He says, we have obtained an inheritance and we've been predestined according to his purpose who works all things after the counsel of his will. 
Can you hear the similarity? Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for good for those who are called according to purpose. Uh, Ephesians 1, 11. We obtain an inheritance, having pre- been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So what is this all about? What is Paul communicating? Well, here's what I believe Paul is communicating. I believe the Father determined long before he did anything in regards to us, us being the human race, he determined that he was going to have a family. And that family was going to consist first and foremost as kind of the head of his family, his son. Of course, he's the father. The father is the the head of the family. But the beauty of the family of God is that Jesus is the son. And God purposed that he was going to have children that looked like his son. So that just like Paul said in Romans 8, 29, he says that Jesus would be the firstborn among many brothers. So his purpose was that all of those who he calls to himself would enter into this process of walking in purpose. And walking in purpose means simply that we are in the process of becoming more and more like Jesus. So purpose has everything to do with what God is doing in our lives to conform us to the image of his son. So I want to divert here to one little topic and just hit on it because it is a popular notion and I don't want to be in any way controversial or critical. I just want to offer my opinion about the idea of destiny. There's a lot of talk about people coming into their destiny, people realizing their destiny as if to say, uh, and I'm speaking specifically in the context of Christendom, Christianity. I know that people in the world talk about their destiny, but let's just keep it in regards to the Christian notion of why we're here on the earth. The way I understand destiny and the way that the word is used a lot, and I don't want to project on anybody's use of the word and assume that they mean a certain thing. But what I've heard and what I've understood people to be saying is that a Christian has a specific destiny, as if to say there's something specific that they're going to walk in or they're going to live in or they're going to arrive at a certain place. And it's it's almost as though all the situations and all the processes and all the interactions of life are going to lead them into a specific time and space where it's like, bam, destiny hits. And it's like you you get into to the cruise zone and you really are living out your destiny. Now, I understand the notion of that. And I understand as a person that's been walking with the Lord for a long time and a person who's really desired to to serve the Lord and be pleasing to the Lord. I understand the process of maturity. I understand the process of giftedness and understanding how God has designed us to function in our gifting and to be a blessing to other people. But I don't believe that that is to be characterized by the notion of destiny. So what I've done in the past is I've just done some simple word searches, and I found that in the scripture, the word destiny 
per se does not exist. The scriptural writers don't use the word destiny. The ideas of destiny carry with them more the idea of some kind of fate or some type of of hopeful destination that if we can reach our destiny, then we'll have fulfillment. And this really drives at the heart of what I want to, to really focus on today is that ultimate fulfillment in your life and in my life as believers will only come when we understand God's purpose and we live in that purpose. Because, here's why, because that's what we have been designed for. That's what we were chosen for. It's what God predestined us for. And it's what he is busy accomplishing in our lives. And so fulfillment, meaning peace and awareness that my life has value and that all the things that I experience in life, as crazy as they may seem and as random as they may seem and at some time as difficult as they may seem, they are all working together for this common good. Now, I'm going to pick back up on that common good, but let me finish the thought on destiny. There is a very interesting scripture. It is the only scripture in my Bible that uses a word that the translators opted to use the word destiny. And it's a Hebrew word, and it's in Isaiah chapter 65, verse 11 and 12. I want to read those verses and just quickly comment on them. Isaiah says, But you who forsake the Lord, who forget my holy mountain, who set a table for fortune, and who fill cups mixed with wine for destiny. I will destine you for the sword and all of you who bow down to the slaughter. Because I called you, but you did not answer. I spoke and you did not hear. You did evil in my sight and chose that in which I did not delight. Now, this is a super interesting passage. Obviously, this is an indictment on the children of Israel at some point in their process with God. And God has a very strong word to speak to them. And he uses these two words, fortune and destiny. Now, if you go to these scriptures, probably in your Bible, those two words are capitalized. They're capitalized for good reason, because the words that Isaiah uses here are two specific words that are connected to foreign and alien gods. And they're, they're gods that have names. And those names are translated fortune and destiny. And it is as if the children of Israel would busy themselves almost with a ceremonial process in which they would sit around a table and they would drink from this chalice or this cup of destiny. And it would, it would be as though it was, I can envision some type of uh, almost like this ritual where they're hoping they drink this cup of wine and they, they're worshiping around this foreign God. And God says, this is an abomination because you are putting your hope and your, your trust in your good fortune and your hope of some destiny that's going to come. And God had already called the children of Israel into his purpose. He called them to be his children, to be those that would put their hope and trust and faith only in him and be a testimony to all the 
condemnations of what it looks like for people to have God as their God. And they failed in that process. Instead, they turned to foreign gods. Now, that's a very harsh word that Isaiah gives, and I'm not trying to bring across that element of it. But what I do want to focus on is that we don't have to live that way as believers. We have great promise in the Word of God that shows us very clearly from the scriptures I've already read is that God has purpose. We are called according to that purpose. The very reason that we have been saved and brought into a relationship with the Father. Yes, it's for eternal salvation. Yes, it's it's that we would escape any type of negative eternal destination and that we would be able to live free from sin. But that, that is not the ultimate reason, the end game, if you can put it that way. The end game is that God was calling and drawing us into the purpose of being conformed into his very image, that we could become sharers in his nature, and that in that place, it's where we experience life. It's where we experience the most fulfillment. And here's the beauty of what God is able to do. Romans 8, 28. He's able to take every single thing in our life and work it together for good according to that purpose. What is the common good? What is the good that God is going to bring out of every circumstance and situation in our lives? Is it that every circumstance and situation turns out good? Absolutely, unequivocally, no. All situations in life, in case you haven't noticed and in case you haven't lived long enough, do not end good. There is suffering. There is pain. There is a fallenness to the world, and it is characterized by bad things happening. Now, that does not mean that good things don't happen. Very good things happen. And when we put our trust in God and we walk in faith in Him, He blesses us, and good things happen. But the rain falls on the just and the unjust. And God is a good God, and He's good all the time. It's His character and nature. But because of the fallenness of life, bad things happen. But here's the beauty of being called into purpose is that God is able if we will enter in and notice in that verse in Romans 8:28 it says that for those who love him and are called according to purpose. So as we love God and loving God is a process of recognizing that he's good that he is for us. Because Paul goes on in this chapter in a very beautiful way to say that we know that if God did not even spare his own son, how will he not also freely give us all things and that nothing can separate us from the love of God? So as we respond to the loving God with love in our hearts toward him, And that love expresses itself in trust and it expresses itself in a recognition that he is able to work in and through every situation 
according to his purpose. And the purpose of God is to make me more like Jesus. The purpose of God is to make you more like Jesus. And this is a beautiful thought. It's a beautiful foundation of our lives in knowing that if we'll begin to ask the right questions, I've mentioned this in previous teachings, and maybe you've heard me say it before, the wrong question to ask in many situations is why. We don't often get the answers to why. But a great question is what? What are you doing, God? What are you doing in me through this situation? Another good question is how. How are you working the ultimate good in my life through this situation? Because we know, Paul says, we don't hope, we don't wonder, we know that God is able to make all things work together for good, for the good of his purpose. And his purpose is conformity into the image of Christ. And so those who are being conformed into the image of Christ, all of us are. It's just some recognize it more than others. Some choose to shift their perspective into God's purpose. But see, what happens if we fall into the trap of thinking that our life on this earth is about our good. It's about our feeling right and our getting what we want. This, I believe, this is one of the greatest, um, I want to use strong language here, but I don't want to come across wrong, but this is a cancer. This is a parasite that eats away at the foundation of the faith gospel. It's not about me and it's not about you. But you know, on the surface level, the natural man, the soul of man hears that statement and says, that's mean and that's not nice. And what kind of God is there that loves us, but doesn't want us to experience good? Well, we have to understand how God defines good. God defines good as things happening according to purpose, according to his purpose. It would not be good for God if he would just give us everything we wanted and he made all our circumstances happy and wonderful and all the outcomes would be positive. That is not good. That is selfish. And that leads us into a life of self Uh, satisfaction and always uh, ultimately spoils us. But a greater good is that God has something wonderful and magnificent to happen in our lives in order that we can live our lives according to the way he created us, according to the way he had intention in his heart because he wanted people who would be filled with his character, filled with the fruit of his love and his spirit and filled with a trust and an abandonment to who he is and walking in their purpose as children of God. So purpose is not, again, it's not about what we do. It's about what we're becoming, who we're becoming. Because remember, as we started in several episodes ago, we talked about identity. Identity is not about doing. It's about being. 
Purpose is not about doing. It's about being. So I can recognize that the purpose of God is always operating in my life because I'm always needing to be more like Jesus. Now, activity and the doing of the Christian life, sure, You get to go out and do things. You can pray for people. You can teach. You can preach. You can love. You can serve. You can do a number of different things according to gifting, according to calling, and all those things are very blessed. All those things are very fulfilling on a certain level, but they're not where we will find ultimate fulfillment, and they're not where we will ultimately live in our purpose, because those things can easily be removed from our lives. Those things come and go, but God's purpose will remain forever, and forever in our life means for the rest of our lives From the time we come into relationship with him, he is busy working his purpose in our lives. We don't have to wonder if we're in his purpose. We don't have to pray and hope that we'll realize his purpose. You and I are living in purpose because he has called us to that place. And if we will begin to open our eyes and shift our perspective and say, God, show me what your purpose of conforming me to the image of your son looks like, then I will know and have assurance that no matter what happens, See, we produce so much angst in our lives because our circumstances and our situations don't happen the way we expect them or the way we want to. And we start praying into those things. We start confessing into those things. We start claiming into those things. And I am not opposed to praying and confessing and claiming. But as it relates to my life, I want to be centered in the very purpose of God. And I say, God... If what is happening in my life right now is challenging, show me where that challenge is challenging a part of Cliff that is not like Jesus. Because listen, the Son of God in his life here on earth had a surrender and a submission to the purpose of God that was incredible. He was not shaken. He was not moved. Did he struggle at times? I believe in his humanity he did. There were times where he had to thrust himself into the purpose of the Father for his life in complete hope and trust, but knowing that he was going to fulfill the purpose. And the same is going to happen in our lives. We're going to experience a greater fulfillment of purpose being like Jesus Because let me just tell you, there's nothing more fulfilling than having your life transformed. And so I just want to leave this with you today. I wanted to focus today on purpose. Maybe we'll pick up I just uh, that last statement I made there about transformation. I think we'll maybe spend some time in the next episode on transformation and how that process happens and what it looks like in our lives as children of God. Thank you again for listening. Share the podcast if it's a blessing. Just continue to walk by faith, be strong, be encouraged, and love Jesus more.